0: Alright, you sound it's a lot nice better skin. actually. Okay. Well, I fucking hope so. <laughs> and. My like, cats so. are pooping. Cats are pooping. You need to get in the <laughs> mic more, buddy.
1: Cats are pooping. That's better.
0: Okay. Like, like, you see how close I am? How about this? Yeah, it's better. Don't be shy. Like, seriously, give this thing fellatio. Suck it, stick. <laughs> Just go nuts on it
2: episode 22
3: there's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a warm brat
2: but it's all been done
3: before and we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it,
2: it, it's a trap
3: it, good it, it, do we love it? He lets mix it, can erase it. Let's embrace the toughware. parties of Culture spill over like a vulture over Culture push over. Pop culture leftovers. And for the uncool kids, what's his day's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure, the only talent is the band that's singing this. Hot culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture
0: Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. leftovers. All right. uh, Well, uh, I think we've worked out all the kinks uh, with the audio slash internet issues. Um, I think this is going to be smooth sailing, but uh, I guess we'll find out when we try to export tonight, but I upgraded my internet to a higher speed and got, I reinstalled Skype and it, everything sounds to, it just sounds like it's working now, which is great.
4: Yes. Very weird.
0: So yeah, it is weird. Uh, we're used to echoes and, and, uh, Hey, it's Brian. A long pause, long pause, long pause, long pause. (laughs) This is Jay. Yeah, and so that uh, hopefully is we've worked out the kinks and ironed that bullshit out. Um, How was everybody's week so far?
4: Not bad, not bad. Some cool shit going on with TV and film, so uh, not not bad.
2: Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I've had a great week myself, too. Why is that? I went and saw Vampire Weekend yesterday. Who's that? Um, one of my favorite bands, we actually got up to St. Louis about four hours early and then ran into the lead singer on the corner of one of the streets and then uh, stalked him down an alley and got autographs and photos. So good stuff there. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, I think, uh, don't doesn't your number one fan, hasn't he done that to you, Jacob Harmon? Hasn't he stalked uh, you?
2: I, I don't open the door. Okay, okay. I'm the real Jake. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, let's see here Yeah, I had a good week myself My buddy Jared is in town uh, from Florida He's up here visiting me And uh, we went to Six Flags Had a really good time Rode some rides Rode the Batman a few times Rode another cool ride called the Boomerang Um, But uh, I love roller coasters We had a really good time in St. Louis Riding the rides So that was fun
2: I'm a big fan of all that too Did you go to St. Louis, you said?
0: Yeah, I went to St. Louis uh, Six Flags, yep Good yeah. times always. Are there yeah. a lot
4: of people there this time of year or?
0: you know, I, I I guess with school starting and it was on a weekend, it was on a Saturday. Uh the weather was perfect. It was like seventy five, seventy six degrees. Um it wasn't hot. I mean it was yeah. really nice. Didn't even really break a sweat. Uh it was pretty awesome. Um I mean I think we I think the longest wait we had was we waited for this ride, a wooden roller coaster called the Boss, and it was maybe twenty five, thirty minutes for that ride, but um everything else you were on in about maybe 10 minutes uh, otherwise less than five so this right. is pretty awesome we we were there for about five six hours rode everything like two or three times and then bounced out of there but uh my man my body was sore like a couple of days later from riding those rides those <laughs> those wooden roller coasters will rock your world so yeah jared's here you want to say hi real quick hey how you guys doing
4: how's it going what not up in, jared
0: not much yeah jared uh he, he he likes this kind of stuff it's just uh he actually has a, a real job and a real career so he doesn't have uh too much time for tv and stuff like that but he does like this stuff so it's cool uh, um yeah. but uh it's nice to have you here jared
1: appreciate it thank you
0: all right um, I wanted to go over a few things real quick. Uh, in November, Dark Horse is offering up three reprints of, their, of some number one issues that they had uh, of, of comic books. And these issues are only going to be a dollar a piece. So if you missed out on them the first time around, you can catch them now and uh, get them for a dollar. And if it's something you're interested in, you can probably find the first trades of these series and, and, then, and then go from there. But you can pick up Star Wars Legacy. Nice. For a dollar, and that features Anya Solo, which is like the great-great-granddaughter of Han Solo, so it's pretty cool. Uh, Abe Sapien and Victories, and Abe Sapien, I believe, is one of those, uh, what is it, the, Off the Hellboy series? Yeah. 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 Are uh, you
4: still reading Legacy?
0: Uh, Star Wars Legacy. I've read the first two issues. I'm letting it build up, but it's okay. it's still like you know from the first two issues. I really enjoyed it. It's more of an adventure type book that I really like. Yeah, you know, yeah. and she's and you're following a young uh, a, a young solo, and it's really fun uh, so far. Uh, she's being chased by Sith. I mean, you know, and she stole a uh, a lightsaber, and so <laughs> and you know they don't want her to have it and uh it's it's a it's a pretty cool book so far so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna collect you know five six more issues and then and then just read a chunk
4: right right
0: um starting in december two dc titles are going to get new creative teams uh so that's a great chance to jump on aquaman is going to be losing jeff johns but they'll be getting jeff parker who is recently writing red she-hulk uh and uh and that book was canceled of course from Marvel uh, yeah. and he's currently writing Batman 66 oh cool yeah so hopefully Jeff Parker will be able to come in there and, and make uh, Aquaman fun but still serious you know Yeah. Um, and if you haven't been reading Aquaman with Jeff Johns run uh, he's not the goofy uh, seahorse riding son of a bitch that you've seen made fun <laughs> of on uh, you know like uh, Robot Chicken I mean he's actually a badass he's you know the it's really cool you should definitely check it out um, and Supergirl, uh, I'm not familiar with the writer, gets Tony Bedard. I
4: mm,
2: don't know. I don't Tony either. Bard. Yeah, sounds familiar. I think he's just a DC in-house guy. Gotcha. Uh,
0: I'm going to give each of these issues a shot because I don't read as much DC as I'd like. And that's yeah. I blame DC for that, honestly. Uh, me too. Uh, but I'm hoping that one of these books will grab me. I'm going to try out uh, you know, uh, the first issues of the book. I think it starts issue 26. Five or twenty six? I think it's okay. twenty five uh, in November in December. No, it'll be twenty six. Issue twenty six. Yep, yeah. it'll be issue twenty six for both of these titles. I will check them out. I mean, they might be good. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping to jump back on Aquaman because I jumped off of Aquaman when they did the Throne of Atlantis, yeah, and, and they and they and they were like, okay, now you got to pick up Justice League too. Yeah. And I had just dropped Justice League, and now they're <laughs> wanting me to pick it back up, and I'm just like, "Guys, I, I don't
2: have that much in my wallet, so I was out. Um, I don't know I if like Jeff Parker a lot too. I love Jeff Parker. He did an amazing run on Thunderbolts, involving a lot of time travel, where the modern Thunderbolts met the original Thunderbolts and went all over the Marvel universe and stuff. It was a lot of fun.
0: He is a, he's very fun, and that's where I hope he keeps the uh, you know Aquaman uh, still serious, but but add some fun to it. You know, I mean, he's working with you know Jeff Parker's working with uh, Mike Allred doing the covers on Batman sixty six, so. Yeah, you know, and Mike Allred's a quirky dude, so I, I, I think I think uh, I'm definitely going to give the Aquaman a shot. So, um, I, I thought this was an interesting story. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but according to a Pittsburgh police report, a man—this is a true story—a man wearing a Spider-Man costume entered the Atwood Express at 1:10 in the morning and loudly asked the clerk, "How much money you got?" Yeah. When the employee realized he was being robbed, he pulled out a taser and attempted to use it on Spider-Man, uh, who, <laughs> who then fled down the street very quickly. Uh, the, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports a University of Pittsburgh police officer spotted uh, the guy dressed as Spider-Man about a block away from the store and then arrested him. Wow! Uh, his name is Jonathan Hewson. He's a 21-year-old 20, Pittsburgh uh, student. He was charged with one count of robbery and then taken to the Allegheny County Jail. Uh, And then I saw there was a follow-up to this. Uh, The 21-year-old University of Pittsburgh student Jonathan Hewson, uh, who attempted to rob the store as Spider-Man, was arraigned on Friday. And his bail was set at $50,000, and he was ordered to have a mental evaluation. Yeah. Uh, Then WPXI reported uh, that he was dressed fully masked and he was in a fully masked Spider-Man costume and walked into the Express and and yelled, how much money you got? Um, Let's see here. His friend says he was hanging out with a bunch of friends running around in a Spider-Man costume. And said, it's just a misunderstanding of somebody robbing a store. I don't think that would actually happen. He's a Spider-Man enthusiast. He's a college kid, and college kids do strange things.
4: Okay. <laughs> they don't do that. They, they don't do that. Retarded. Right. <laughs> You're going to college, and you don't think that's a problem? Um, right. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he really didn't say, he didn't really rob them, I guess. He just said, how much money you got? I guess that's a normal question that you ask when you go into a business establishment.
4: <laughs> I would think they're robbing me if somebody said that.
0: I agree, yeah. I would yeah.
4: beat their fucking ass. I don't care what they're, re- they're wearing.
0: <laughs> How <laughs> much money you got? These
4: kids these antidepressants, Jesus. <sighs> God, they're all going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I was on them. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I hope this doesn't give, like, you know comic books and stuff like that a bad name and this just gives mothers more reason to like you know try to take this away from their kids and shit and i hate that
4: that would be a major problem if that ever happened yeah kids need it they definitely need it 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 helped me a lot growing up so
0: yeah it's just i don't know it's just good to get out of your head for a little bit but just don't go into a bank or something (laughs) and uh, dress like dr doom and ask how much money you got Fucking morons! It's
3: <laughs> uh, just a joke.
0: Well, it's just—it's ridiculous. What a yeah. dumbass! I mean, you're 21. You got your whole life ahead of you. You're in college. Yeah. God, can't you just do normal shit? <laughs> I mean, if and, you're gonna get fancy
4: rating ju- and whatnot, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> just be a normal, you know, 21-year-old douchebag and and. <laughs> You don't need to dress up like Spider-Man and run around like a jackass asking... That's just stupid. (laughs) Where did he go? Where did they say a convenience store? (laughs) 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 Was it a convenience store? I mean, at least go somewhere where they got more money than a fucking convenience (laughs) store.
4: Those guys all have weapons, too, so not smart.
0: Yeah, there's like every convenience store, like you watch the world's dumbest criminals... And, you know, they usually lock them in that uh, they lock them in the store like they're usually behind like the plexiglass and shit. And then they hit a button and it's like the criminals. Now the criminals locked in the store. (laughs) And then like you hear the criminal like, hey, man, let me out. No, man, police are coming. The police are coming for you. And then and then, then the one guy, you know, the announcer chimes in. Now he picks up a chair to get out, you know, yeah. and starts banging it up against the plexiglass and it bounces off and then
4: <laughs> hits him in the head. Yeah.
0: And then he goes back to more begging, Hey man, come on, please let me out, man. Please let me out. No, the cops are on their way. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, I wanna do it. not yeah, do it. just don't do it. It's idiotic. A
2: little, a little PSA from Pop Culture Leftovers. Yeah. By.
0: Kids, don't dress up like uh, superheroes or villains and try to rob people.
5: It's not just good dress for normal. you. Yeah,
0: it, nothing good is going to come out of it. Oh, yeah, just dress normal and try to rob them. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you guys see that Ben Affleck finally addressed uh, him playing Batman on Jimmy Fallon? Yeah,
4: I yes. did, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think he handled it really well, honestly. I mean, I'm not happy about the casting, but I think he handled it in a really cool way. Yeah. I mean, he seems like a really down-to-earth guy. It's just like you look back on him and, like, him dating Jennifer Lopez and you're just like, why? He just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would date her.
4: Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like looking at somebody like Christian Bale, and I hate to keep using him, but you don't think of him that way. You don't think of him the way you think of Ben Affleck. You know, even after, like, his outrage on set and, like, cussing people out, like, it was still like, yeah, he's cool. Well,
0: I mean, when he did that, I was like, man, what an asshole. But like after the whole like shooting in Colorado and he actually went out there dressed as Batman and yeah. and, uh, you know, met with those people and things like that. I, I think these actors are a little high strung and stressed out. And, um, you know, things get to them just like things get to us. I mean, I can't be honest and say like nothing, I've never flipped out on somebody. I flip on people. I flipped out on you guys. I don't even know how many times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this yeah. show is not all like, you know, like uh, fucking ice cream and, you know, puppy dogs and people dancing and having a good time. I mean, you know, we, we get on each other's nerves sometimes. It's, uh, that's what happens. I mean, I'm sure these people on the set, it's like a family sometimes, but sometimes it's fucking dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you got a jackass that's in the shot when you're trying to get a job done. And, <laughs> and maybe he caught Christian Bale on the wrong fucking day. I mean, these people, they're just people too. Yeah. Exactly. You catch me on the wrong day, I'm going to go off on you. You know? Right. And, um, you know, and I'm, you know, and it's, I don't know, man, it's not all roses and sunshine in some people's lives. And it's unfortunate that he's in the position that he's in and he did what he did, but you know, he tried to make up for it. You know, he, he went, he met with those people out there and he, he's, he, he is a humanitarian in that, in that aspect. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But, um, Ben Affleck was really cool. Uh, when he talked about it, he said, I'm so excited. They called me up and asked if I would do this. And I said, uh, I'm not 25. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> then the actor started explaining his initial hesitation he said that Zack snyder's take is incredible and brilliant and that it strays enough from christian bale and chris nolan's take that he felt comfortable taking the role so i think that's cool because we don't need to see that them trying to emulate what he did in those batman movies in these batman movies it just wouldn't feel right or fit yeah, um, yeah that would be awful and then they asked uh, Ben Affleck about his, you know, what his feelings about from the reactions from the Internet. And I think he handled it really well. Um, Warner Brothers and, and Zack Snyder actually talked to him. They warned him uh, and they showed him reactions to other people getting cast uh, <laughs> in the comic book roles. Um, he said, they sent me, I don't want to say who they were, but people who were in these movies and did a great job. And the fans were like, kill him. Yeah. But then he was amazing. Come on, you can't say it before the movie comes out. But I'm a big boy, Affleck said jokingly, and then Warner Brothers told him not to use the internet for a couple days and he said, yeah. "I handle He said, "I handle shit." So, he goes like he says, "So I saw the announcement. I looked on a website and the first comment just said, "No!" <laughs>
4: I think that was us.
0: Yeah. And then he just switched off his computer, got off the internet. Um,
2: that's what you got to (laughs) do yeah
0: exactly um i think he handled
4: it well too it it gives me a little bit of faith and just the fact that he was talking about how this is a different take and it's his faith in the direction of it that makes this possible i think that's that's good news right but they're still going for the tired and weary batman so it's still kind of iffy with him for me so
0: we'll see We'll see, man. I mean, it'll be interesting. I'm hoping he can pull I, I, I it off. I do like
4: he handled it. So He did yeah. handle it really well. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: The only thing I have a problem with is, like, I was watching the episode today. Uh, remember, Jared? We were watching uh, the Saturday Night Live with Ben Affleck today. And I was watching him during the monologue, and he does have that butt chin.
2: He does. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, come on. You know, it's like I, maybe, they, maybe they're going to have TMZ in Gotham. And, you know, TMZ is going to be the one to break that story. Looks like Bruce Wayne has a butt chin. So (laughs) does Batman. They just put two and two together.
4: Right. It's pretty obvious. (laughs) Um, You might be right, though. You might be right. And they can use CG. (laughs) Yeah, CG is butt chin. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Green
2: screen on his face.
4: (laughs) Yeah, maybe.
0: Maybe they can give uh, Batman uh, a chin strap.
4: Well yeah, I'm yeah. just
0: kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want to I mean, see a chin maybe a strap.
4: Utility belt.
0: Like it's some like 1920s football team. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what he does. I I'm not ruling it out. I don't think any of us have, so it- it'll be interesting.
0: Um Kevin Smith gave Entertainment Weekly some reasons why Ben Affleck chose to be Batman. Here's just one of them. He said, "I live in Affleck's old house and he built a panic room and the entrance was built to look like a bat cave entrance." It's wow. a yeah it, he said it, he goes on to say it's a bookcase that you click a button and the bookcase slides back. He's the only guy I know that would do uh, go to do something like that. I asked him what did that thing cost to do? He was like 50,000 bucks. Uh, <laughs> I was like worth every fucking penny, man. <laughs> That's amazing. If you're going to, if he said, he went on to say, if you're gonna, going to have Pearl Harbor Armageddon type money, build a fucking Bat Cave entrance in your house. So he's always yeah. loved the character.
4: Yeah, you know, any of us would do that too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I would have a Batman house. Absolutely, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh my even god! Even a pole,
4: maybe I might even have a sliding pole. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I'll, I, I, you know, honestly, I would have a red phone, and I would, if I picked it up, I'd have a, I'd hire a guy to answer it as Commissioner Gordon. Oh fuck yeah! This motherfucker would be on call like all the time, like he'd just be waiting by the phone. I'd pay this guy like fifty grand a year just to answer the phone and say he's Commissioner Gordon. <laughs>
4: Dude, did you hear about the TV news? Yes, I'm going to talk about that. Okay, Absolutely. Okay, so now, no,
0: now that you're bringing it up, yeah, we definitely – let's talk about that now. Okay. Uh, it looks like Fox has outbid the Warner Warner Brothers, uh, and they will be bringing us a new TV show called Gotham. I mean this was rumored a while ago. Yeah. It's going to happen now. I thought it was going to be a Warner Brothers TV show, but Fox outbid them, and it looks like they outbid them right after conveniently after the shield premiere and shield fucking blew up the ratings. Oh, it was a
2: ratings monster. Yes. Yeah. yes,
0: fucking blew up. Jake, you said something like this was the best ratings for a pilot since V back in
2: 2009? Yeah, since 4 years ago since V, 11.9 million viewers for Shield. Well, wow. Fox was watching. The Fox was watching the ratings and they were like, "Well, shit, we
0: need to have Gotham in on this shit." So there's a new TV show. They've called for the pilot. Uh, the show will follow the origin story of Commissioner Gordon and the villains of Gotham. Uh, awesome. Viewers are going to be able to see Gordon working as a detective at the Gotham City Police Department before he even meets Batman. And Batman is not intended to be a part of this show at all.
2: That's awesome. That reminds me of the uh, Brewbaker series. Was it Gotham City Nights? Yeah. 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 Kind of sounds like a little bit like that plot line.
0: I wonder um, if they're going to have um, – I wonder who they're going to have involved in this because it – look, Jeff Johns is working really closely with um, the CW. I wonder if Fox is going to be bringing anybody else
2: from DC. Hmm. Now, this will be a separate entity from the movie-verse since Fox bought it though. Yes. Yeah. Like, they won't be able to connect it to any of the Warner Brothers movies or anything.
0: Uh, I wouldn't think that they would. Um It'll be interesting to see what they can and can't use.
4: Yeah, and how long can it go on without a Batman? That's the other thing. Yeah. Because, you know, don't you think that that's going to run its course? Like, just his origin story would eventually kind of have to run into Batman at some point?
0: That's the way they might, like, end the show. You know what I mean? Like, the final season, you see him. So...
4: That'd be awesome. I want to see it regardless, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'd watch that for sure. Fucking yeah, love Commissioner Gordon.
0: Absolutely, but it's not. It depends on the casting. Who are they going to get as Commissioner Gordon? That's what this show really hinges on.
4: Yeah, how old's he going to be? And mm-hmm. huh? Will uh, they go with like the Marine? The ex- wasn't he an ex-Marine too? Like before he joined the police force, and then. I think he joined in, like, his late 30s at that point. Yeah, hmm.
2: he has some military background, but I don't remember if it was Marines or not. Yeah. Right. But
4: it'd be interesting. I, I hope they do. I mean, his, a lot of his origin's in Frank Miller's Dark Knight, so, and it was really fucking cool. Oh, Batman Year One. Batman Year One, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was awesome. So if they do some of that, it'd be great.
0: Well, yeah, they could always, like, uh, who knows where they're going to start in his story? I mean, I'm, he's not going to be commissioner. Right. So, I mean, they could go way back. Um. Very cool. And, you know, he may bump into a young Bruce Wayne.
4: True. You know, true.
0: so a um, l- little bit more DC news before we, you know, go forward, Jay. Um, let's see here. Because, uh, Jay, you, you have some uh, breaking bad news that I definitely want to get to. But let's stick with DC real quick. All right. Uh, more DC news. It looks like Grant Gustin, we talked about him a few weeks ago. Uh, Grant Gustin, he's really excited to play Barry Allen in the new season of Arrow and has already started reading Jeff John's run on the character. Oh, cool. Uh, and if you're worried about the more gritty take on Arrow, uh, that uh, the Arrow series affecting the comic book look of Flash's costume, Grant Gustin did say this. Um, I would imagine when the Flash comes, he'll be in a pretty traditional Flash, co- Flash costume. That's kind yes. of what I've caught wind of. So, yeah.
4: They said um, the people actually working on those scenes confirm that as well. So it's not. I don't think. It, I think it's more in speculation at this point, which is very cool. I, I want to see him in the outfit too. Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. Yeah, I, it, it has to be. It, well, I mean, it's what they're worried about is you know Arrow is pretty gritty, and and and, and Green Arrow. He's not even being called Green Arrow at this point in the show right so they're really worried about like like a lot of fans and things like that are worried that you know he's we don't want to see a guy running around in levi jeans and a red shirt that's all i'm saying (laughs) you know what i mean
4: yeah the blur we don't want another smallville right
0: so i want to see a traditional flash costume i you know I, i like the 90s flash tv show it was a lot of fun
4: yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, it was fun.
4: I think this is just going to up the ante for these shows too. Putting yeah. Putting somebody like that in kind of a Nolan-esque universe right. is fucking awesome. So, yeah, I want to see that. And, um, and, and he was talking about like when he was reading the original source material, he said he didn't know that you could travel through time as the Flash. Yes. And he said he hopes they work on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting too if they yep. do that. Yeah, but,
0: absolutely. On another um, level. Yeah, you know, hopefully we'll see, like, Captain Cold and some of the rogues, and, and uh, I just don't know, I don't think that we're going to get to see, like, Gorilla Grodd and shit like that. I think they'll save that uh-huh. for, like, a Flash movie. <laughs> what if we
4: do?
2: <laughs> that would be awesome. That yeah. would be awesome.
4: Um, they're saving that for a movie, I'm sure. Or yeah. Flash's
2: own spinoff show. I'm oh, yeah. st- I'm still thinking, you
0: know, since they're going to introduce Argus, I'm still thinking they'll introduce Steve Trevor, and we might catch wind of a Wonder Woman series. Yeah so
4: it's still not dead in the water so hopefully they've wanted to
0: do that forever yeah jay you had some breaking bad news
4: yeah just really quickly um breaking bad's coming to an end um, of course here shortly uh it's been an intense season uh almost to the point where it's like hard to watch that's how i mean it's so good i'm not saying don't watch it i'm just saying it's it's hard to watch it's so intense um so it's coming to an end the uh The final two episodes, this is uh, from co-executive producer and writer Peter Gould uh, via Twitter. Um, The final two episodes are going to be extended by 15 minutes each. So we get a special treat because both episodes will now be 75 minutes apiece. So it sounds like it's going to be a pretty epic ending that they need to put all that time into these last two episodes to kind of wrap it up. Um, It's already been insane. I can't talk about it because it will spoil things, but... Um everyone that's watching it, I I know they're gonna be excited about that. I'm excited, it'll be an event. So uh wrapping up here shortly, two episodes, seventy five minutes each, and uh that's I think that's the next two episodes. I could be wrong. No, I
2: thought this Sunday or last Sunday was the second to last episode. Okay,
4: maybe it was. See I I I don't have cable, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So I have to catch these things late um but so yeah the last episode was probably 75 and this next one uh season finale or See, series i, I heard
0: series. that they were going to break down the last episode into three separate seasons <laughs> 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 they're just going to stretch this motherfucker
4: out they probably could yeah but uh, uh, I can't wait for it to end, so I can actually go back and watch everything again and just really take it in. Because it's one of those things that you're going to want to watch the whole thing. If it's not something that you can really jump in the middle of, you're going to want to wait till it ends and then watch them all. So, right? It's been fucking great, fantastic.
0: And uh, Jay, I know you're wanting to talk a little bit about. Uh, tell us about Dare to Draw.
4: Oh, yeah, there's a uh, Kickstarter project going on right now. There's, it's, it's called Dare to Draw. Um, and this has been an event that's been going on for a while in uh, New York at the uh, Society of Illustrators. And it's kind of, it's kind of just based off old school 80s um, Manhattan comic book artists who would get together in like little shops and kind of share ideas on their artwork and their stories and stuff like that. Um, they just go to like comic shops and like sit there after clothes and get around a table and talk about stuff and, and compare their art and, and really work off of each other. So, what these guys have been doing is kind of putting that in a bigger format. They have like kind of a round table of just people who present them their portfolios and then they get together and they get together with like mentors, so people who are in the industry already. And they'll kind of do almost like a game show challenge kind of situation throughout this whole event. And they do, their their next one's coming up on September 26th. uh, But what they want to do with this is turn it into a television series. And it's kind of like, uh, it'll be like an elimination kind of deal um, where, you know, they'll do these challenges like quick draws or draw this model, draw this. Uh, scenario, and that they'll all be set up by this by the judge who's going to be the mentor in the industry. So, um, the project needs money for just getting the mentors in and getting the time on television. They're only asking for five thousand dollars to do this. And if you uh, donate, you can submit your portfolio, which is also very, very cool. Um, so one of the
0: people awesome- in the industry will look at your artwork,
4: yeah. yeah. And what, what it does, what they want to what it already does on one level is expose people. It gets their exposure out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it also gets all artists to communicate with each other, which is a, a big thing. They need to keep these guys working together to keep the medium alive. So that's kind of what it is, It's too.
0: good to get your exposure out there in a good way because I've got my exposure out there in a bad way. I was arrested yeah, for public indecency.
4: Yes. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. So it's, it's really cool. Anything that's keeping this art form alive, I'm really behind it. Um, I think it'll be a really fun show to watch. I mean, like, if if you're... Is uh, it a
0: web series?
4: uh, It's not even a web series. They want it to be a web series or a TV series, so they they don't have it set in stone. But right now, it's just them meeting in New York. uh, Ah, So they're just
0: trying to get something together, maybe shop it to a network or something. Yeah, that's what they're doing.
2: I think that sounds fucking awesome. A reality comp show based on comic book creating, that's pretty much right up my alley. Yeah. How long is the Kickstarter open until?
4: Um, I, let me see here. I don't I don't know what the exact date of it's going to end. It just started, though. Um, they already have $1,000. They're only asking for 5000 Oh, wow. And, and like I said, you can submit your fucking work, which is awesome, because it's so hard to get your work into these guys unless you're going to every con and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so not only are they going to help you get exposure, they're going to help you get better. That's the whole thing of it, too. They want everybody to succeed in this. Um, just one pledge thing that caught my eye, which was so cool. I mean, it's it's a it's for three hundred dollars, but if you donate three hundred dollars, you get Paulo Riviera original art. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah.
0: wow. So I love his ex- covers.
4: It's existing art or a commission wow oh. yeah
0: <laughs>
4: so and with all of these you're you're getting um you're gonna get the the series of course uh a, a dvd copy or something like that or a digital copy so there's a lot of cool stuff um i hope people check this out as somebody that i mean my dream was always to be a comic book artist i ended up running a record store because i just couldn't get through college because i suck um but This this is really exciting. I want to see it because right now you have to go to the events to be a part of this. You can't see it any other way. They have they have some things on Twitter. You can look at some of the artists' work and stuff. But there's been no televised things. Any word on what artists would be part of the
2: show if they do a show?
4: They don't they don't have a big list of names right now. So they're they're trying. Part of the Kickstarter is to try and get some bigger names in there. So um, you know, very small names right now. Some of the guys that did uh, Daredevil, Alex Maleev has been a part of it. I love Alex. Um, Josh Sig- Siegel, um, Phil Jimenez. See, I don't really
2: know these guys. Phil Jimenez, yeah.
4: Yeah, Phil, yeah.
2: He's doing the next arc on Savage Wolverine. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh,
4: he's he's cool. I saw that stuff, yeah. Um. So, yeah, their next event's on September 26th it's, if you're in New York. But otherwise, check out their, their page. It's got all their information um, and what they're trying to do with this. And it sounds really fucking awesome, so –
0: that's awesome. Um, speaking of artists, uh, our buddy Sean Hamilton is going to be at New York Comic-Con on, uh, I think it's October 8th, 9th, and 10th or something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sean Hamilton's going to be up there. I think he's going to have a booth up there. So if you listen to the show and you're going to be at New York Comic-Con, look for Sean Hamilton and check out some of his art.
4: That's very cool. Yeah. Is he trying to is he trying to break into that, or is he already kind of involved with? That I know
0: stuff? he does like uh, he does like a lot of uh, you know uh, pictures um, artwork for um, shoe companies. If you go to his website, you'll see like a lot of the characters that he draws, you know, wearing Nikes and things like that. You know, Spider Man wearing Nikes and things like that. So. Very cool, um, but um, yeah, yeah, it is. It, and his, his artwork is amazing. So if you're in New York Comic Con, you know, tell him that you know that uh, you know Brian and Jake and and Jason from Pop Culture Leftovers sent you over to the table to check out his artwork. So yeah, that, that'd be <laughs> that'd be really cool if you heard from some of our listeners out there.
4: Hell yeah, he's got some fun stuff. He's one of those artists that's just fun. You
2: yeah, know, really poppy
4: stuff. Yeah,
2: but I'm uh, sure he'll be talking to lots of doctors and lawyers thanks to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Roland, I mean, you didn't edit, but I couldn't help myself. No, you're fine. <laughs> Roland Emmerich talked about
0: Independence Day too, um, and according to him, here's what the film will entail. The idea came, for it came out of 2012, so I'm assuming he's talking about the uh, movie with uh, what's his name. Was it John Cusack? John Cusack, thank you. I was thinking of, who's, who's Lloyd Dobler, the guy holding the radio? Oh, yeah, John Cusack.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, okay, the idea, back to the quote, the idea came for it, uh, the idea for it came out of 2012 and what you can do with technology these days. It's a parallel history. Humans rebuild whatever they have, bigger, newer, shinier, and then they forget. Maybe 20 years later, the aliens never coming back. Um, they so, you know, here it is. Yeah, it's twenty years later, and the aliens are going to come back. So, I, I, what did he, What did you guys take from that quote? Does it sound like we're going to be using the technology that they left here?
2: Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be like a present day, and what the technology has done because of the alien encounter, right? That's yeah, what so I, the, yeah. there'll
4: probably be benefits as well as negative aspects of that technology, and then how is that going to affect? Why are they coming back and how that's how that's going to affect the human-alien interaction at that point, too?
2: Right. And there may be a good chance that some of the characters don't even know that the technology came from the original alien invasion and that that was hidden from them. And right. them coming back will let them know what's going on in the first place, you know? Yeah.
4: Pretty interesting. I mean, I, I, I wonder if they're going to call it the same title. Or are they going to – because – that kind of stood alone. You I, know? I
2: heard it was Independence Day forever was what I've been hearing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> there was a different a different title that I've heard in the past. Um, I can't remember what it is. I'd have to look it up. Um, they asked uh, Roland Embrick if the computer virus will work a second time around. He said they won't fall for that again.
4: Well, yeah, yeah.
0: And it looks like uh, we're going to get to know a little bit more about the aliens this time and their mythos, which is really cool. He said, we've created a mythology around these aliens, which is really cool. You have to create a mythology because people want to see a bigger picture, Yeah, which I think is great. I mean, if you've ever seen like some of these alien movies, a lot of them don't explain the mythology behind them. Um, if you watch The Abyss, like right. we had no idea why they were there. I did watch the extended version which did show that but like the you know the theatrical version had none of that you didn't even know why the aliens were under the water right and it was still a great movie but you know it it left a lot of things out so that's cool finally this time around we're going to get to see you know aliens why they're there cuz pretty much all we saw was like Will Smith you know punching that alien in the face after he crash landed
5: yeah. And, and the
2: writers pretty much have a clean slate too because it, they really didn't, you know, there wasn't novels or comic books right. or much done with that mythology after the movie.
0: Exactly. Um yeah, so you don't have like a lot of uh, you know, f- you know fanboys out there being like, "Oh, you know, they're not doing what they did in the comic books and things like that." So, I think yeah. that's cool. This could be a this could be this could be a really good movie. Um I, I just I hope they get, you know, Jeff Goldblum back. I could care less if they get Will Smith back honestly I think it'll
4: take away from it if he came back so yeah. I I do, yeah I think it opens up a lot of doors Yeah. And as long as they don't focus on one dude that's I think it'll be good.
2: Yeah. Now, one time they were doing two sequels that they had planned on filming back to back. They're that's not doing still- that now. I know. Okay. I heard that too.
0: They 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 to keep costs down, they were going to film it back to back. Roland Emmerich did say something about uh they're going to give this This is a trial film okay. and if audience audiences like it they will do a third movie and have
2: a TV series on ABC <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yeah that'd be
4: cool
2: um, yeah, I was gonna it could be
4: s- like Elysium or, or District
2: uh, 13 it
4: could be something like that District 9
2: District 9 <laughs> why do <laughs> I, I think a Hunger Games yeah why do I keep-
4: <laughs> Damn it, (laughs) Cadmus! All right,
0: sorry. (laughs) Uh, um, Let's see here. I was going to talk just real quick about this. Latino Review. They cited from top sources that Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in Avatar two. Right. Wow. Um, You know, James Cameron and Schwarzenegger. Their relationship goes back to you know Terminator, Terminator two, True Lies. So they've always wanted to get back together and do a movie. Um, but like the rumor sounded really weird. They, they said he would be, quote, a human bad guy general. Um, that sounds pretty much like Stephen Lang's character in the first movie. So exactly. that's kind of stupid. But a Fox spokesperson spoke to The Hollywood Reporter and had this to say. Schwarzenegger, who memorably starred in Cameron's Terminator and True Lies movies, will not be in the sci-fi sequel, nor is the actor being considered for any role.
4: Yeah, I think that's good news. I think it is.
0: Well, you know, I have nothing against seeing Schwarzenegger in another Cameron movie. I just don't think Avatar is the one I want to see him in. No. uh -uh. Especially in that type of, uh, you know, bad guy, human general. I mean, we've seen that. We don't need to see that again. Yeah. Played out. I
4: want a different kind of threat this time, so yeah, yeah, don't rehash it again.
0: Right. Um, And I want the threat to be be bigger and better than Giovanni Ribisi.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I think they will. I think they will.
0: It's like having Stephen Dorff as your villain vampire and Blade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll Um, see. We'll see. Deadline reports that actress Lori Holden, she played Andrea on AMC's The Walking Dead. She's been added to the cast of Dumb and Dumber 2.
4: Oh, no. This
0: is happening. Um, She'll be joining Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey in the long-awaited sequel – um, Lori Holden, she's been cast as an evil housewife who is poisoning her rich husband and wanting to run away with another man. Um, she's also trying to off her stepdaughter, who plays, who's played by Days of Our Lives star Rachel Melvin. Um, hmm. Kathleen Turner has also been cast in this movie. And my guess is that uh, I've heard a little bit that uh, Lloyd or Harry uh, has found out that one of them is a father. and so they want to find their daughter. But my guess is that Kathleen Turner is the mother, and I'm thinking that she had maybe a wild night with one of them or even both of them, and she's not sure which one is the father.
4: Oh, Jesus. So they're
0: going to be on a wild goose chase to find their daughter, Um, and I think Lori Holden is the daughter that they're trying to look for or who they think is their daughter. Yeah. Uh, but then Jeff Daniels, he went on to say that this movie is going to go above and beyond what the first did, first one did, and, and as, as like far as like uh, it being raunchy, uh-huh. he, he said, you know, like the toilet scene, it, like there are things in this next movie that make that look like it's nothing. <laughs> so
4: oh, Uh will it be too much though? That's the thing.
0: I don't know. Honestly, Jim Carrey he, I think he needs something like this. I think yeah. he needs a, this movie is gonna be like a shot in the arm to him.
4: Yeah.
5: He
0: needs to get back to his roots and do these silly movies what people really liked him for.
4: Well, he's the reason the first one was likable I think he he's just a likable guy, you yeah know? and when he does what he does good right, it's, it's very funny and compelling so he's one of these
0: actors in my opinion that like when he tries to do the best job he can in every movie, but he's not suited for every role no, and so when no. he does some of these movies, like the horror movie that really bombed, was it thirteen yeah. number twenty three number twenty three now yeah. I'm I'm Jay getting numbers wrong over
4: here. <laughs> number, <Names> and numbers. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: number twenty three. When he did that movie, it really bombed critically and it and financially. And so, like I think he takes that to heart. I think he's one of these actors that like it really messes him up inside.
4: Yeah, because he'll take like long hiatuses yes. when yes. that happens. Yes, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, the same thing for that uh, Frank Darabont movie mm-hmm. about the theater. I forget what that the Majestic.
0: The Majestic. Yeah. 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 And. um, I think he takes it to heart, and I think it—he he takes himself out of the public eye, and he tries to like, like I don't want to be in these goofy movies now. I'm going to keep right. trying to plug away at this horror movie or at this serious role until I can get some recognition and acclaim. And he just needs to be, play to his strengths and you know be the Jim Carrey in these movies that everybody wants him to be. Don't you know if 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 uh, I don't know if you're trained to be. If you're trained really good in this one aspect of humor, go for it. Yeah. Don't hold back, you know, work on that part of your craft. You don't have to be like some of these actors that are just like, you know, a jack of all trades and can do like everything, like, you know, Tom Hanks can do a comedy and a drama and and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Same thing with like Robin Williams, he can do it all. You don't have to be the next Robin Williams or Tom Hanks. Just be Jim Carrey for
4: crying out loud. Yeah, nobody's like I want to take Jim seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we take we take what he does seriously if it's entertaining. Yeah, and that's what's cool about it. But
0: mm-hmm.
4: it's magic when he's on par. Yeah, Total magic.
0: Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I personally I I want to see what they do with the sequel, so I'll I'll probably be checking it out. Um, but uh, uh, I wanted to review some some pilots that I've seen, um, and we're gonna be talking about Shield later. But uh, and we'll go over that later. But I'm going to go over our rating system when we rate some of these pilots. I don't know if I don't think any of you guys have seen these pilots, so I'll just go over them real quick.
3: Okay. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success: a Tupperware party.
0: All right, that being said, I, I did watch some new shows this week. Um, and, you know, these are these are pilots, so usually the pirates aren't really a great gauge of how good or bad the show is going to be in the long haul. It's just a pilot, and it gi- just kind of gives you a feel of what the show's, you know, what they're kind of going for. But um, I watched Dads on Fox. It's the Seth Green, uh, Giovanni Ribisi show that I think yeah. it's being produced by Seth MacFarlane. That first episode, I gave it a toss-it. Ooh. Yeah. it was not good um i love seth green i love um uh you know robot chicken and i love him in family guy and i love watching him in movies when when i was growing up and stuff like that he's a funny dude but this show uh dads on fox was just not that funny but it's just the pilot episode i'm going to give it a couple more um now brooklyn 99 the comedy with andy samberg uh-huh. That first episode, I really, really enjoyed it. I kind of, I want to see where it's going to go, so I'm going to give it a Tupperware.
3: Cool. It was okay. really
0: funny. Uh, Andy Samberg had me laughing quite a few times in that show. Um, Sleepy Hollow is a taste it right now, bordering a Tupperware. It's, it's, it's good. Um, I like, I like where they're going with it. I think it's smart. I think it's a smart show. The guy who plays Ichabod Crane does it really, really well. He's really good. Um, he plays that part very well, um, and they've kind of brought in a little bit of prophecy, and you know, the I guess the headless horseman is one of the four uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they've brought a little bit of biblical prop- prophecy into this show, trying to make it real world stuff. Where you know, if you believe in religion and things like that, um, it, it kind of mixes with that a little bit. So it's just not you know. Ichabod Crane, uh, the man out of time, fighting the headless horseman in our time. They try to actually make it, make, have it make sense. Right? Is <laughs> uh, he is
4: he still kind of this cowardly? No. Type? Okay. No,
0: not at all. Um, okay. He, he's a badass.
4: Awesome. <laughs> he is.
0: He's a badass. It's like uh, watching uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. You know? Right. I mean, right. He, he's a badass. So definitely check it out. Um, Jared, you liked it. What? Yeah.
1: Well, it's The second episode and it was. It was good. Love yeah. Pilot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the second episode was a lot better than the pilot. So, uh, what's his name? John Cho from Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Yeah. He was in the, he was in those episodes. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Is he a reoccurring role or just a one time? He was thing? in the
0: first two episodes. Do you, is, gotcha. you think he's going to be a character on long, long, long haul, Jared? You watched the second episode. He, he,
1: he, in the first episode, you could tell he, whatever that thing was in the woods that's,
0: um, there's a demon-like creature like that demon-like lives creature. in the woods that I think is one of the horsemen as well, or or Satan, maybe? I, I don't know. I don't
1: know if he's wow. protecting something or what he is, but yeah, he... Uh, he controls Jon yeah, Cho. He's, he's controlling... That sounds things. awesome! He, he's, well, <laughs> in the first episode, Jon Cho ended up dying and came back, and whatever the demon-like character is, is using him in the second episode, and maybe in the future episodes is doing his... Bidding. Bidding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, some of the shots and angles are really cool in the show. Like at the end of the first episode, um, his Ichabod Crane is working along with this woman in the police department. <laughs> and uh, she's looking in – she had a vision when she was a kid of these four white trees. And um, so she's always had these visions. And so they believe that – Ichabod believes that him and her are um, the two prophets – in the Bible that are brought up in the book of revelation. And, uh, they're supposed to be the ones that battled the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And, um, so she's looking through this mirror in this prison cell where after John Cho gets, you know, killed. Um, and she sees that woods that she saw as a vision as a child. And, you see almost like this minotaur looking demon walking away all creepily man it's really creepy and very then cool. he turns around and then goes right towards the mirror and the mirror cracks and breaks and that's the end of the episode
1: oh shit
0: it's very creepy looking it's almost something like you'd see in a horror film
1: Well, that's what they wow. caught that's what they caught on camera what actually happened is the demon snapped his neck and then he broke the wind, the mirror when the the detective looked in the mirror so when they seen it back in the video camera? The, the video camera uh-huh. on the cells actually showed Joe running into the mirror, which actually oh. which actually didn't happen.
0: Yeah, that didn't happen. No. It's just they made it an illusion. Yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, so it's definitely something you'll want to check out. I I, I enjoyed that first episode, and Jared says the second episode even takes it a step further and it gets better. And they, if you didn't watch the first episode, you can watch that second episode, and they give you the exposition as well in that second episode, which was I thought was cool. Um, Kelsey Grammer joins the Expendables. Um, he'll be playing yeah. a character Bonaparte, uh, an ex mercenary who aids the Expendables in their mission. Um, and now this is the role that Nicolas Cage turned down. <laughs> Right, so I think it's because his name's Bonaparte. Uh, Nicholas Cage probably thought he had to do a fake uh, French accent,
4: <laughs>
0: and he was worried that I was going to ridicule him on this show for his horrible Southern accent and kind of air. Say?
5: yeah. <laughs> so I
0: think that's the reason he turned it down. But now the cast includes Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Jason Statham, Antonio Banderas, Terry Crews, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li, Wesley Snipes, and a partridge in a pear tree. Holy fuck! Wow. That wow. <laughs> That is a lot of action starts.
1: Chuck Norris in this movie? No.
0: Thank God. No Chuck Norris in this one. As much as I like The Wolf, Chuck Norris didn't do anything in that last movie. So, um Disney will not be renewing director Jerry Bruckheimer's contract when it ends at the end of 2014, wow. and I'm pretty sure this has to do with the failure of The Lone Ranger.
4: Yeah. God, it, well, he spends so much making these movies, so Mhm. He, he tried to do Don Don Quixote a while back with um, Johnny Depp, too, and that failed because of the budget as well. So, Wow. He just spends so much trying. He's such a stickler for details, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's bad. I like Lone Ranger, but um, I can see where they're coming from, I guess. He, yeah. he does that a lot. So,
0: Did you guys know that the Lone Ranger was originally uh, part of the uh, um – the plot and they had actually filmed it this way was that, uh, he was, the Lone Ranger was going up against, uh, cowboy werewolves.
2: What? Oh, wow. Okay. Do
0: you guys remember watching that movie when, um, remember when the dude was eating the heart?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: That's
0: why dude, he was a werewolf. Oh geez. And they had to keep that in there for what? It, it just made it weird. I, that's the one part. And do you remember when the, um, when, uh, the Lone Ranger was making the silver bullets yeah oh, that's why
4: oh wow okay
0: yeah and they didn't I take i wouldn't
4: have minded that actually <laughs>
0: yeah but they they didn't but it was weird that he had to make that silver bullet because if you remember that silver bullet the only thing it did was it shot uh he used it to shoot the gun out of uh, dude's hand at the end of the movie so it wasn't even like a kill shot
4: right you huh. know
0: like a kill shot for a vamp uh, for a werewolf Right. It's just kind of weird. But yeah, it was originally, the story was he was going to be going up against werewolf cowboys. Wow. All those cowboys were werewolves.
4: Well, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Natalie Portman says a female superhero movie is coming from Marvel. Uh, Portman had this to say when she talked with Sci-Fi Now. There are definitely many strong women, but it will be exciting when there is a central female character, which I think is coming. I have heard is coming, and, of course, also a central non-white character will also be exciting. Title characters. So, Jay, you have some theories as to who these might be, and I wanted to hear those.
4: Yeah, I'm still thinking that they're going to go the Ms. Marvel route, even though it's kind of been here and there as far as any kind of confirmation on that. There's a lot of speculation that it's gonna be Miss Marvel. It would tie into the Avengers, it would tie into all the cosmic stuff that they have going on with Thanos and possibly Gardens of the Galaxy. Um she's also that supergirl prototype, Wonder Woman type character that Marvel I think is gonna need um, if they are going to go up against d c and if d c does do like a Wonder Woman type film they 're going to want to do that, and they should do it anyway they should There should be a strong female you know all powerful type character like superman and that 's what she is right. almost so what do you guys um, think about
0: like using um, like this we 're going to talk about shield, but what do you guys think about using shield as like the springboard for some of these movies that like i mean not everybody's going to be you know know who you know ms marvel captain marvel is right um not everybody's going to know who the guardians of the galaxy is i mean what do you think about you know having her in there just as like a a quick cameo and then you know because apparently people are watching the shield show yeah maybe that kind of launching into the
2: movie and getting more people to want to go see it in the theaters I think that's a great idea. Like, I mean, you don't want to be too heavy-handed exactly. with I Exactly. Mean, you have to have seen the TV show to see right. the movie. But, what but if, definitely you know, just to get interest going, you know?
0: Yes. Like, what if uh, out of nowhere, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. talks about they picked up an incoming transmission about Nova Corps. Right. Or, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you hear, like, you know, Bradley Cooper's voice as Rocket Raccoon, and, and then you hear some, like, gunfire, and then, like, you know, just to get people kind of – you know, hyped about the movie. Like, okay, you're already watching the Marvel Shield show, so now they talk about this Rocket Raccoon. You know, this level seven stuff that you're that you're watching on the Shield show, and now now it makes you want to watch the movie.
4: Right. It kind of ties it together nicely if they yeah. did do that. Um, yeah. And it, at some point, you know, Miss Marvel's origin derives from the Cree. She's also a she's a soldier who kind of gets. In an explosion, and there's Kree technology, and that's kind of how she comes to be Miss Captain Marvel. Um, And I think that's going to come out in Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to see more alien races in that film. I think that's probably where it's going to be introduced because you know they're focused so much on Age of Ultron with uh, Avengers Two. So I I think that's who we're going to see, and um, I'm excited about that. She's a cool character. I think she'll play really well into what they have planned. So the central non-white character uh i still think that's gonna be black panther yeah um i can't pronounce this dude's name but he's in thor D- did uh, john uh
0: it's jaiman hansu and i Honsu. think he's in guardians of the galaxy
4: oh he's in guardians okay yes. yeah, i'm getting mixed up okay. yes um, yes
0: idris elba is um yeah in okay. thor he's gonna he, he played the he was in the first thor he was the he, he, he was like c- the controlled keeper. the yeah the the bridge yeah yeah
4: He'd be a cool Black Panther too, but this other this other guy looks I think he looks more the part. Um, and I think he could play it pretty well. That's way way down the road, I think. Scott.
0: I I want Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman from 42.
4: Okay. Yeah, he he'd be great too. Yeah, that's um, who I want. You, you got to have kind of the strong silent type, you know. Right. To to play back Black Panther. Um, I think they'll probably hint at it in Avengers too, but that's probably all we'll get about that.
0: Well, they already in Avengers uh, they already did show a map that showed Wakanda, right? So Wakanda does exist in the in the universe. So yeah,
4: that's you guys
2: don't think it could be Luke Cage?
4: No, I, I just think Luke Cage is Luke Cage. Maybe for Shield, I, I just think he's still too much of a B lister. I know they do that, and they they make him really well in in the movies, but I still don't see him rising up to, like, the feature films. Well, I, if they do have Luke
0: Cage, I think it'll be a Luke Cage Iron Fist movie.
4: Mm. Yeah, because, like, you've already got the Hulk and you've got Captain America. You've already got two people that kind of have right. those powers, so... Yeah. I yep. don't know. We'll see. I, I think Black Panther and Miss Marvel are what they're talking about, so. I agree.
0: I agree. Um, Joss Whedon was called in to help director Alan Taylor with certain scenes in uh, the Thor of the Dark World, which... I mean, this would make a lot of people pause, you know, that this movie is maybe not going to be as good as, uh, you know, they're billing it to be. You know, you've got, uh, you know, they're you got Joss Whedon called in to fix some scenes. I mean, that's not a good sign, but but it is Joss Whedon coming in there. So that's, that is a good sign. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but we're so close to this movie. This movie comes out in two months, uh, and they were filming a month ago, and that's unheard of. In these movies. I mean, they should have had filming wrapped, but uh, apparently Alan Taylor um, wasn't happy with the way certain scenes worked out. And I heard that they flew in um, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston came back in and res- reshot some scenes as Loki, and as well as Anthony Hopkins came back in and did some scenes as Odin. Um, And Alan Taylor had this to say about the visit. Joss came in to save our lives a couple of times. We had had a major scene that was not working on the page at all in London. And he basically got airlifted in like a SWAT team or something. He came down, rewrote the scene, and before he got back to his plane, I sort of grabbed him and said, and this scene, and this scene. (laughs) And he rewrote two other scenes that I thought had problems then finally we let him uh finally we let go of him he took off again and we shot the scenes and they were just much better and much lighter on their feet much more fun much more surprising than what we had been trying to do i can relate to guys who come out of the tv world since that's where i come from and being able to land and work and solve a problem quickly i really was grateful so I mean, that's great. That I hopefully will be able to watch that movie and be able to pick out those Whedon scenes, you know, because he does have a different feel, as you could see watching that Marvel Shield TV show. You you could tell this, you know, the lines that Whedon had delivered on that show. So the same thing with the Avengers. I
2: mean, they have a feel. His his shows have a feel.
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Quick,
2: snappy dialogue, lots of pop culture humor. You, You can really pick out the Whedon in most Whedon shows. Yes.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think this is to a lack of Alan Taylor's credit or ability. I think I think these were just not his scenes. Like he's not used to these certain scenes. Maybe they were character interactions or something like that that he just wasn't nailing. And of course, mm-hmm. Josh already knows what to do with these characters. Well, he's so. supposed
0: to be like the uh, the consultant on all these movies anyway, so that they all kind of line up with Avengers Two, right? Like if they have any problems with them, they're supposed to be they're supposed to be talking with Whedon. Yeah. So,
4: I think it's a good thing.
0: I do too. I do too. Jay, Star Wars news, man.
4: Yeah, just some stuff here on Star Wars. Um, JJ Abrams recently was uh being interviewed about his new TV project Almost Human. Um, he was asked a couple of questions that give some insight on the new Star Wars uh Episode 7 and the rest of the series. Um, so on the tone, um he was kind of asked, you know, what is the tone of this one going to be? And he says, I remember reading a thing somewhere. Uh, someone wrote about just wanting the new film to feel real, to feel authentic. Um, he says, I remember I felt that way when I was 11 years old when I saw the first one. Uh, he, he was also asked about which one of the original trilogies was going to kind of inspire um, this new series and he said which I think is a good thing he says it's impossible for me to say because it's going to be an evolving thing I would say we are working really hard to make a movie that feels real and authentic and exciting as possible um, whatever your favorite Star Wars movie is and how to compare it is really sort of subjective which I I agree although Empire's the best um, <laughs> yeah. and then when uh, he was he was also asked about all the talk and speculation on the internet like how was that getting to him because you know, it's pretty much nonstop ever since this was announced. You know, everyone has something to say about it. Everyone has something they want to see in it or how they want it to be. Um, and I think this is reassuring. He says it's been nice to see that. It's been nice to see that how important it is, and to be reminded how important it is to so many people. We all know that creator George Lucas's dream has become almost a religion to some people. I remember reading a thing somewhere. So, oh yeah, that was that goes back to his other quote. But he also, um, back to the tone um, when he when he said he saw it the first time, he said it was as much of a fairy tale as it is as it felt real. So at the same time, and I think that's what it was for me and you guys too, to where we you know we knew it was like a fantasy, it was almost like a dream, you know. But at the same time, it felt so real, and you took all these real lessons and things from it. So. I I love that. I love that he's on par with that. He gets the feeling and what people took from it because he's a fan. So um, the tone and everything, I really like what he had to say about that. That's super reassuring. And I I didn't expect anything less from him. But uh, yeah, he's coming from it from a fan's perspective. And And
0: it looks like he's not going to be doing Star Trek 3 now.
4: Yeah, he's he's out of Star Trek yeah. three, except for produce executive producer, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he will be there, but not not in the capacity he has been before. Right. So, Which I think is also cool. Yeah. It's going to take a different route, and it won't be so Abramsy. It'll be a different take on it. So right. I think that's cool, too. Yeah, I agree. A um, couple other things in the casting department. Uh, Michael B. Jordan and David... Oh, you pronounce this better than I do, Boyolo. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Have both been said to have read for Star Wars Episode Seven. Now, I've been hearing lately that um, they oh, might possibly be for the spinoffs. Right. Than I,
0: I heard that David Oyelowo he is going to be possibly in the spinoff. But Michael B. Jordan actually met with J.J. J. Abrams in person.
4: Oh, okay.
3: So okay. he
0: might be in, up for a role in Star Wars. And I hope he gets it whatever role they offer. Hopefully they do offer him something. I really enjoy him as an actor. He was great in uh, Red Tails, uh, which is another Lucasfilm movie. Uh, it's the Tuskegee Airmen movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I loved him in Friday Night Lights. I uh, haven't seen The Wire, but a lot of people say he's great in The Wire. Yeah. Um, I hope he gets whatever part they offer him. I just hope they don't do something stupid and make him like Lando's grandson or something stupid. That's oh, that's just lame. Come on. That, let's yeah yeah
4: i i like the whole generational idea but let's not overkill it let's right. like low son Ooh, yeah. let's just bring in everybody's <laughs> child right you know yeah
0: maybe Por- maybe uh porkins had a lost kid <laughs> yeah. You know? ham yeah yeah You're- hamlet no piglet
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't overkill it I, I i i would love to see lando or something in that lines yeah. but don't i don't need everybody's sibling in this and um but, yeah, Michael B. Jordan's great. I don't want to see him in a secondary role. I hope they give him something, you know, with some meat to it. So
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that'll
4: be good. Um, finally, uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch keeps coming up again and again. Um, all these rumors, you know, first they say he's on board for sure, and then, it, then he's dismissing it or his representatives are dismissing it. Um, they did ask uh, – J.J. Abrams, an L.A. Times reporter, uh, Villa Real, Um, she has a really cool name, Uh, but she was quoted, she tweeted, J.J. Abrams on Star Wars, Um, this is a quote from J.J., we're working our asses off trying to get things in place with casting, Benedict Cumberbatch, I love that guy, and that's all he had to say, he didn't say yay or nay on that, and I still think it's a pretty strong possibility he is definitely going to be in it. just just my opinion um the rumor is is that he's going to be a small kind of minor role in the first one and then as it goes on he's going to be more and more of a major threat so yep, yep. I'm excited about. it. I still think it's going to happen. I think he's just playing it close to the chest. I don't think everything's been mm-hmm. signed and dotted. So,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're, they're not
4: going to just be like, yeah, he's in, and nothing's happening. Right. Yet, so,
0: I think they're trying to figure out, you know, what his schedule is going to be looking like in the next, you know, couple years. Because, like, yeah, you're right. I, that's what I've heard too. Is like he's got a small role in episode seven. So, I mean, they can just throw him in there, and then once his schedule frees up a little bit, hopefully, he'll be able to have those bigger parts in, you know, part eight and nine. Yeah, um, But uh, there's also... Did you hear about actress Saoirse Ronan?
4: Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah,
0: she's gone in for a lead role, I've heard. But there's also other actresses that have read for this part with more recognizable yeah. names that may get the part instead of her. So hopefully Jennifer Lawrence yes. <laughs> is somewhere yeah. in the mix. I would love to see her in a Star Wars movie.
4: I have my heart set on that, and yeah. it, I, I hope it happens. But this this could also mean that there's two female roles that they're two main female roles that they're looking for i think remember when we did read off that casting call i think they were looking for two females yeah yeah so i think that's really cool it's kind of a divergence from what we know of the original right. just kind of a boys club minus princess leia but mm-hmm. um i'd like to see that i and, and i like serisa Cer- and i loved her in hannah and atonement so oh, i'm glad uh, that you've seen her and so i've never seen her in anything because i'm not yeah, familiar with her at all
0: Check out Hannah. You'd like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Last week, uh, talent agencies that specialize in actors with extraordinary physiques received a description for a, quote, tall man, male, 21 to 60, uh, Ah. 7 foot to 7.3 feet tall with a slim, thin build and upright posture. Not too worked out or too thick set, especially in the shoulders. Broad facial features would be a bonus. Huh. Um, I think we're going to see Chewbacca yeah. in this next film. Um, so he apparently, uh, hopefully, if that's that's who they're talking about. Um, and so, hopefully, he is not you know dead like he is in the uh, Dark Horse comic books and things yeah. like that. So, um, but uh, Peter Mayhew has thrown his name into the hat as wanting to come back and play the role that he's originally famous for. Um, although his health has been really bad as of late, and uh, it's kind of a concern, you know, due to his gigantism. He, I think he's in a wheelchair right now. Yeah, um, he's undergone surgery in his knees and legs, and doctors say that he should be able to walk again. Um, the surgery, it's being documented in that film. We talked about this a few weeks ago, Standing in the Stars, the Peter Mayhew story. Right. At this moment in time, Peter has undergone four separate operations and is heading into a month's worth of intense rehabilitation and recovery. Um, the film's director, W. Ryan Ziegler, relayed a message directly from Peter Mayhew that said, I intend to pursue the role of Chewbacca for Episode 7.
4: Wow. <laughs> huh. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like, how old is Chewie going to be in the movies, you know? Is he going to be running around? Do they need him to be like that? So, I don't know. I'd love to see him come back, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. He can he can't walk right now. So, yeah.
0: um, real quickly, I wanted to bring up one more last bit of Star Wars news. Real quick, Latino Review is reporting that ninety percent of the movie will be shot in London, but there will be a little filming in New Mexico. So people are already speculating about the film returning to Tatooine.
4: Oh wow! Oh yeah. So yeah, that'd be cool. I hope yeah,
0: so. Yeah, good news there. All right, so this is what Jake's been waiting for. Jake (laughs) Jake hasn't been saying shit for probably the last uh, half hour. This is what Jake's been waiting for. Uh, We like to answer listener questions on the show, of course, and this one really contains something that's a hot news topic out there, and it comes from Alexis May, who sent an email to our email. It's uh, comments at popcultureleftovers.com. She writes, Dear Leftovers, First off, let me just say that I love Pop Culture Leftovers. I started listening. Actually, she didn't write that. I wrote that all in. She just asked the question. (laughs) I like make up some of this shit at the beginning because like nobody really compliments us, so I just throw that in there. Um, No, she did say that, which is amazing. I can't believe people even listen to this and enjoy this shit. But she said, "Yeah, thanks. It's awesome." Uh, First off, let me just say that I love pop culture leftovers. I started listening to your podcast at episode fifteen via a friend who highly recommended it. Consider me a member of the leftover army. By now, now, I am fairly certain that at least one of you guys, if not all of you, is aware of the newly announced J.K. Rowling-penned Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie. I know this is pretty fresh news, but nonetheless, I would love to hear what your thoughts are about this announcement, and maybe even talk about what your hopes for the movie are. Many thanks, Private Alexis May. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. Um, So... Jake, I know you're a big, uh, you know, Harry Potter fan. You you love, you know, everything Harry Potter, uh, J.K. Rowling, and all this. So I, I saved this question for you. So
2: thank you. Yes. I, I could not be more excited. Um, with Warner Brothers announcing plans to make at least one and possibly a whole series of movies based off of um, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, and more about the fictional author of that book's life than an actual adaptation of that movie. Um, and the best news about the whole thing is that J.K. Rowling herself is going to be writing the screenplay. Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's just great.
0: She has um, a deal worked out with the studio that there are no rewrites
2: on the script, on the uh, screenplay. She gets final word. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, we, we know very little so far. We know it's going to be set 70 years before we see Harry Potter in the first movie or the first book um, around the year 1918 and we're just going to learn a lot about oh god the author's name it's uh, Newton Scamander Newton Scamander's life and um, I don't know how much uh, other Harry Potter characters or creatures or things will come into play but I mean we do know that Newt is a graduate of Hogwarts so there's a very good chance Mm -hmm. we could see Dumbledore again
4: oh yeah Yeah.
2: Um, Um, yeah J.K. Rowling herself, in a quote, has said that this movie is neither a prequel or a sequel to Harry Potter, but an extension of the wizarding world. Awesome. So just the whole thing has me so excited to Mm -hmm. go to a Harry Potter movie for the first time and not sit there and go, they didn't do this like they were supposed to, or they left this out, or they left that out. And knowing that it's a brand new story written by J.K. Rowling herself, there's no spoilers going into this movie because we just don't know what's going to happen. I. I couldn't be more excited. Geek bumps all over my body for this one. Good, good. No, I, I'm
0: happy that that you're looking forward to this um, because I, I do want to go back into that world too. I mean, I loved those movies. I loved those books. I remember uh, going to Barnes and Noble's when that fifth book came out, and uh, I didn't have enough money to buy it that first week. So I just sat there in Barnes and Noble's on that couch there in Peoria and, and read it, you know? And I'd yeah, come there back. Yeah, I'd come back and read it more and more each day. Um, I eventually did buy it. I just don't go there and read books and leave. I eventually did buy it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, more about it uh, it's a Hogwarts textbook. And and, uh, Newton Scamander, he's a magic, they call him a magic zoo list. Yeah. And apparently the book was pub. The textbook was published in 1927. Uh, Scamander was born in 1897 and was interested in magical beasts from an early age. His mother bred hippogriffs huh. and, uh, Rowling has stated that the story starts in New York city and we could see some American wizardry in this film. I'm guessing. That's yeah, really exciting. That's very exciting. We didn't get to see any of that in the
2: first films, and so that that excites me. I'd love to see like what the American version of Hogwarts is. In the books, actually, another interesting fact is um, Newt's grandson is who ends up marrying Luna Lovegood. Oh yeah, they did story. say that. So she, yeah, there's already that connection.
1: Yeah, it'll um, be interesting
2: to see how they adapt this because, I mean, I don't know if any of our fans have read the book, but I'm sure Alexis has. But it's yeah. pretty much just 75 entries for 75 different creatures in a book. So, well, I mean, it's obviously. It's, it's going to be about Scamander's
0: life. Um, yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, the Scamander, he started work on the book in 1918. It took him nine years to complete. So that's plenty of time to tell a compelling story. This is nine years. How many years was Harry Potter in school?
2: 8 or 7.
0: Yeah. So I mean this is 9. So they they could turn this into quite a few movies if they wanted to. I mean J.K. Rowling's uh imagination is in my opinion it's it's untapped. She's she's just barely started in my opinion.
2: I agree. Um, and I don't see how this can be any kind of a financial failure to where they wouldn't do oh, more. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty yeah. much money in the bank, if you ask me.
0: Um, we could see dragons. Scamander was also part of the Dragon Research and Restraint Bureau. Uh, there's 10 species of dragon uh, in the, in the uh, Harry Potter universe, and we still haven't seen them all on film. So this movie could explore that pretty heavily. Uh, Scamander was also at one time the headmaster at Hogwarts and was, oh, wow. And was part of some Easter eggs in the actual Harry Potter films. His portrait hangs in double door study and in the movie, Harry Potter and the prisoners of Azkaban, his name is seen on the Marauders map. Awesome. Oh, nice. Um, so I, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to hear more about the production of these films and things like that. Uh, I mean, anything that gets us back into the harry potter films is fantastic and totally fine by me it just keeps kids engaged with the world and the characters of harry potter i think uh, like jake said it's really encouraging that jk is writing the screenplay Um, i just i just hope it doesn't tarnish which i don't think it will at all what we've come to enjoy from the other films i agree yeah
2: and this is so much better than a reboot i mean that would have been horrible yeah no i agree absolutely yeah i'll reboot this soon too yeah, I mean, it's not like it's unheard of. I mean, Spider-Man pretty much just did the same thing. Yeah, but that's for different reasons. They were going to lose,
0: like, the, you know, Spider-Man, the license, so they didn't want to do that. But And Harry, Harry Potter rebooting, like, so soon after they just wrapped up, I that would just leave a really bad taste in my mouth. I agree. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. And then after that, we're going to go over uh, what our thoughts were on the new uh, Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal movie, Prisoners.
4: Cool, cool. Sounds great.
0: Yep, we'll be right back.
1: is out for decades your organization stayed in the shadows hiding the truth now we know they're among us heroes
3: and monsters the world is full of wonders
0: all right and we're back Uh, we're gonna jump right into the shield uh, premiere we're gonna talk about our thoughts on the shield premiere um, what we hope that the show will do going on in the future and uh, you know what we thought of the different actors' performances and different characters in the show. So, um, Do you guys want to rate this one? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's start off with a rating. Who wants to go first?
4: I will go first. Um, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I'm going to seal that up and put it in the fridge because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't terribly excited about a S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. I'm not a big fan of the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. thing um, in the comics and whatnot. I did like the, uh, that they're using it in Avengers and some of the stuff they took from the Ultimate comics. Um, and I I really liked it. I, I think it was well written. I think if you like the Avengers, you're going to like the way this is written. Um, and that's the main thing for me. It wasn't about like what's really going on in the story or like the tech or... You know, the special effects and fighting. I mean, it was all there, but for me, it was just really well written to where I wanted to keep watching it and watching it and sticking with it. And um, I think it was a really good pilot. Like you said earlier, a lot of pilots kind of fall flat because they're just kind of trying to set things up. Um, You already know a lot of these characters from the movie, so um, they didn't have to set up a ton of stuff. Uh, you kind of have an understanding of what S.H.I.E.L.D. is now that there's superheroes you know, in the world. So that's all there, and that's all just straight from Avengers. It's all coming right off of that movie. Um, so, yeah, really, really liked it and uh, was very surprised by that. It, it's, you know, it definitely feels like a TV show, you know, they don't have a huge budget, but they definitely have a lot of good stuff going on with the way it looks and 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 the special effects. It is all there, so uh I'd say everyone should check it out if you like the comics and you like the uh, Avengers. Um, the characters definitely drive it home, and we'll we'll talk about that more in a little bit too.
2: Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to give it a Tupperware. I um, it was so good. This is Jake. Ensemble. We, we is need to Jack. say
0: our names because like people still don't know who we are half the time. So Jason went first and gave it a Tupperware.
4: Tupperware.
0: And Jake is giving it a Tupperware as well, and I just interrupted his thought. That's okay. Your mental <laughs> thought train. So you, you
2: owe me. Yeah,
0: yeah.
5: All right.
2: <laughs> um, I, I loved it, though. I mean, great ensemble cast. Um, it really felt like a Whedon show with the dialogue just being so witty and so funny. Um, lots of great references to other little Marvel properties and little Easter eggs all over the place. Um, God, it, it was so good. What was I, Jay made up a great point about it not having pilotitis, like you said a lot of pilots have, Brian, mm-hmm. with it. You know, not having to do all the exposition that all these other pilots have to do. You pretty much just get thrown right into the universe, you know, right. and just a quick little recap of what S.H.I.E.L.D. is, and you're good to go, you know, right on to the witty banter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, Just the pilot alone, because I was a little trepidatious about this because, it's, number one, it's ABC. Right. Um, number two, um, you know, how heavily involved is Whedon going to be over the course of this show? or has he mapped it all out or you know because usually what happens is like you know um, you know he's heavily involved in the pilot to get it going but you know who knows how involved he's going to be as it goes on in the season yeah but i'm going to give this pilot episode a tupperware because it was a really good pilot um, so we've got a tupperware party for this oh yeah but uh, hold on
3: tupperware party
0: there we go okay i'm just doing that no we'll do it again
3: tupperware party.
0: all right but i mean this is a definitely a definitely a tupperware party it's a definitely a tupperware for me uh, i mean within the first five minutes we had like it was it like two two really cool action scenes
2: yeah, yeah they were both really cool too yeah
0: um and uh, so we just jump right in there and then and then we get agent colson right off the bat we don't have to wait Right for Agent Coulson. In case you didn't know, we're going to have spoilers, but everybody knew Agent Coulson was going to come back from the, the from the trailers anyway. And I thought it was really cool how they brought him back. Like it made it seem like this really like dramatic thing, and then he lightens it up with the joke.
4: Right. He's yeah. like,
0: "Oh wow, that hallways really dim. I think we need to change a bulb or something." And it was, <laughs> that
2: was the first great <laughs> moment. Yeah. yeah, he said he couldn't help himself but hide in there. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> that was very cool. I liked yeah. that a lot. Um, but I, I give it a hundred uh, percent. I give it a Tupperware. Um, and I think this show could do. I think this show could really be like a cool springboard for a lot of the Marvel stuff that they have existing. It can also help fill in gaps to different movies. Um, I think you know a lot of these characters can cross over into the films into somewhat a limited capacity. Oh yeah. You know, and I think Maria Hill uh, is the perfect way to bridge these movies because I don't think we're going to see Coulson too much in the films anymore from what I've heard. I mean, he is level 7 classified at this point, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I give it a Tupperware. I really liked it.
4: Very cool, yeah. It, it was fun. It was a lot of fucking fun, and that's what you expect from a Josh Whedon movie, you know. You know what you're getting into. Um, yeah, but to what capacity? You know, you know, he's only he only did the pilot. Um, he's kind of overseeing the rest of it. I think he's going to have input, but He's not going to have a huge capacity in this, yeah. um, but, but I, it'll be interesting to see because yeah. there was a lot of questions that came up. Oh yes. just from this alone. I so, agree. Um, I think they're very interesting questions, and I think it's going to be a lot of people who like the comics are going to want those questions answered. So that's a good thing. It's not just you know, it's not just falling flat. There's a lot of uh, stuff going on with these characters you already know. So that's pretty cool.
2: A lot of great mysteries. I mean, at this point, Mm -hmm. we don't even really know that this is Phil Coulson. I
0: Well, yeah, I know. But, man, it just sounds like him. He's just too funny and witty and the whole Tahiti thing, that question.
4: Well, also, there's a scene where he dodges a car door like he's got superhuman reflexes. Do you guys touch that scene? Yes, 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 yes. So what the fuck's going on there? Right. (laughs) What is Phil Coulson?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, okay. early on, like after they're talking to him, um, you know, he says something about after he had uh, basically died for eight seconds, he wasn't breathing or he he stopped breathing and he died for eight seconds and came back. He went through, uh, you know, rehab and things like that. And then he was in Tahiti. Yeah, and then he was talking to Maria Hill about Tahiti that she really needs to go there, and then he stepped away, and then another Shield, um, you know, agent came over and says Tahiti. He really doesn't know, does he? And right. she says he can never know. So there's yeah. something there.
2: So cool. Like, what does yeah. that mean? What, what does you, that what mean exactly? Is he? Yeah. Right. Even if he's not Phil Coulson, even Phil Coulson doesn't know he's not Phil Coulson. No, he has right. no
4: idea. What's that going to mean if he does find out?
2: <laughs> right.
4: So obviously they don't want to tell him, but what's going to happen when he does find out? That's another interesting question. Um, Some of the supporting cast, like um, Agent Grant Ward, also seems like he has more going on, too. They said he had the highest marks in espionage since Romanoff, who, of course, is Black Widow.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, So what's his full story? Um, It seems like there's a lot kind of hidden about him, too. They don't really flesh him out, but they kind of hint it. He's got a backstory, you know, Mm -hmm. and um he was another interesting character um melinda may i think was the. she was kind of like the field boss almost like she would be out on the team kind of leading the teams i like her She was cool i like her
0: very limited role but i like her
2: yeah yeah i liked her a lot too a
4: really cool kind of motherly role a strong female very strong female strong female Phil Coulson's kind of the fatherly figure God he was so fucking good in this yeah anyone that like doesn't like his character then you know I don't know I think that's pretty retarded because he's so good in this and he definitely brings it home he brought the whole thing home
0: for. well he was the bridge in all those original movies you know he kind of made it feel like oh yeah this is a Marvel movie every time you're watching it and at the end like the end credits or the mid
2: credits scene you'd see him come in there and you're like yep Phil Coulson awesome yeah (laughs) I agree I don't know about you guys but I got excited just having a TV show start with the Marvel logo. That was enough already that That I was
0: cool started, and we're going to oh get to gosh. see it every week, dude. I I know. Oh. And I'm yeah. glad it wasn't 2 hours now that I watched it. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It it went by so fast cuz it, it was did. so fun. I mean, that was such a quick 42 minutes, just bam.
0: Yeah. I thought it's cool now we're going to get to see like cuz they don't really have time in the TV show to like explore like what like you know, the, the population, what the citizens are thinking about these uh, superheroes and stuff like that. And now we, got to see, we get to see that more in this show. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, the little kid at the beginning, um, you know, looking in through the, the window at the, the, you know, the superhero toys, the, the heroes of New York is what right, they were yeah. called. And and I thought that was really cool. And, um, you know, in some of the tech that some of the people are getting a hold of within the city that S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to round up. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah, they talked about uh, Chitauri technology. Chitauri technology. Um, of course, extremists was a big factor yes. in this episode. Yes. Um, so that was cool that that's still a part. It really is. It really makes it more realistic. It brings it to the human street level, which was, I think is awesome. So the, the first uh, like
0: villainous organization that they're going up against, it's called Centipede.
4: Yeah. Okay. No,
0: that's not the name of it.
4: Uh, Rising tide.
0: Rising tide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. They're
4: using something called centipede. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> is the centipede is the centipede is it like uh, extension of the extremis virus?
4: It, yeah, it's what was causing it. Um, I don't know how exact. They didn't explain how exactly it worked because there's a hidden hand behind that. Ra- Rising tide was
2: Sky. Yeah. Okay. Well, and they said that the centipede was like all the different things combined together Er erskine's super serum formula the extremist and all the and the gamma radiation yeah gamma radiation all combined together to make this centipede device that they were attaching to these people okay so they they didn't really say that was
4: rising tide though Mm -hmm. that caused that i don't think and at the end of the show you see a, a face off between shield agents and another agency which they didn't name
2: yeah, we don't know who the mysterious benefactor behind right. the centipede is yet. Yeah. Right, right.
4: But yeah, I thought that was really cool because you're like, where does this guy get in his superpowers from? Yes. This nor- normal kind of guy. Yeah. I thought they explained that really well. You know, it yeah. seemed pretty realistic with what happened in Avengers. So I it just,
2: was more of a follow up to Avengers than Iron Man Three was. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, t- totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm a little upset that, and it, it's nothing that the show
0: can do to change this, but I'm a little upset that we can't see mutants in this because I think you know. It'd be great to see mutants popping up too.
4: Oh yeah, but,
0: absolutely. And it's unfortunate that like, Marvel Studios can't use these mutants in their films because X Men, you know, uh, is owned by uh, Fox, and that's unfortunate because like some of the other movies out there use mutants, like um, Total Recall used mutants. Uh, the original right. uh, mutants is not like something owned by Fox. I mean. Um, Defiance, the TV show, there's a race of mutants in that, too. And it's like, it just sucks that Marvel just can't have mutants popping up. Like, if they were just original mutants that they created. Right. I agree. Because that would be really cool in this show, you know, just seeing mutants pop up as well as some of these people that are powered by, you know, Centipede and their technology, the the Centipede technology and shit.
4: Yeah. It seems like they're going to use pretty realistic explanations for all these things coming up. So, yeah. They're not going to go the mute route, unfortunately, but,
2: you know, we'll see. I, I got a little bit of a Civil War vibe from this show with trying to find the heroes and get them and, you know, register them and get them with the right organization mm-hmm. and whatnot. It just had a little bit of that feel to it to me.
4: Yeah, there was a definite – I like that about this was there's a definite distrust on the street about S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you know even amongst members of shield there's still this like what are we actually doing here right and some of them have an idea that we're doing the right thing and some of them don't and that's why you know you have this kind of villainous guy in this first one because he doesn't necessarily trust shield he feels like they're out to get all people that are kind of trying to do better things because he thinks he's trying to do better things but of course we find out it's not necessarily true um, but I like that. I, li- yeah. I want S.H.I.E.L.D. to always kind of be this mystery. What exactly are they up to, you know? Yeah, it's a big bad government, no matter what.
0: Yeah. That might tie really in well with the uh, next Captain America movie.
4: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. which I think they'll explore that as well in that, yeah.
0: Do you guys think yeah. that there's any chance, because, like, some of this Chitari technology, it, it, it was supposed to not work, I thought, after the Chitari, you know, once that uh, – what was it, that porthole, that pinhole through the universe where they came in? Yeah. After that was shut, and that I guess, like, I don't didn't they destroy, like, the mothership or something? I don't know.
4: Right, yeah.
0: Once that was shut down, like, they lost the, all the Chitari, They kind of, like, dropped dead, and then the technology stopped working. Well, I mean, they we've gotten some of this technology to work for us. Even in that mini film that they made that came out with the Avengers, they got that gun to work.
4: Right. Do you yeah. guys
0: think that there's any way some of these chitari get reactivated?
4: Oh, I think we'll see them again in some way, shape, or form, yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to reverse engineer a lot of this, and that's what's going to get people into trouble. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be cool. I like that they're doing that. So, yeah, hopefully.
2: What were the uh, scientists' names? Oh, the two uh, scientists?
4: Fitzsimmons. <laughs> yeah,
2: Fitzsimmons. <laughs> My only complaint with the show was I can't wait for DVD for subtitles. I had a hard time understanding what these characters were saying. Me,
0: too. Agreed. (laughs) I had a hard time, too. Yes. I couldn't understand them. I could understand everybody else, but not those two.
2: Yeah, they talked so fast yeah. and with the accent, and it felt like there were like cheeky jokes coming out of what they were saying, and it was all just over my head without being able to understand what they were saying. There was a Harry Potter reference. Oh, there was a Hermione reference, yeah. yes.
0: <laughs> well, and then there was the uh, with great power comes... What did she say? She didn't say great responsibility. Oh, it was a ton of weird crap. crap. And then somebody also said, um, "Journey into mystery."
2: Yeah, the journey into mystery drop. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I thought that was kind of cool. You know, Whedon was all behind that.
2: I I loved all those little things like that. That So did I. For me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those are just kind of like cool winks to comic book fans.
2: Yeah, it didn't feel like they were shitting all over our world. It felt like they were giving us fan service. You know, they were giving us what we finally want.
0: Right. Yeah, kind of like uh, you know Shia LaBeouf when he was in Transformers, and he told Megan Fox that there was more than meets the eye with her.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, she- I was
4: like boner.
2: <laughs> yeah, she has an ass too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Uh, Uh, Wink wink
0: (laughs) I love the SHIELD TV show I can't wait for next week's episode It's already on my DVR And it's something that I can't miss I mean I think like if I do miss an episode I'm going to miss something in the movie universe now too So
4: yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's the key. It does tie it together. Just mm-hmm. off the pilot, absolutely.
2: I agree. It's been a long time since there's been a drama. I've been so excited about that. I feel like I have to watch it the night it airs. You know. Yep. So it's nice to have that feeling back again. You're calling it a drama. Yeah, I am calling it a drama.
4: Wow. Yeah, kind it of, kind of is. Yeah.
2: What did you guys
0: think it's about sci-fi. the uh, the uh, Lola at the end of the at the end of the episode?
4: Uh. The car. Yeah, well, I did like that. I like that yeah, they referenced that. Yeah,
2: that was Phil so awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where we're going, we don't need Rose. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> loved it.
4: God, he's so good. He's so good at it. I, I'm not a big fan of like this tongue and cheek shit usually, but I love that Phil Coulson is in this and is doing it. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. I'm glad that Colby Smulders is in it too. I didn't think that she was gonna be in this pilot i had no idea until just a couple of days ago that she was actually going to be involved in this show
2: yeah, yeah. i heard she'll be in like about six episodes of the uh, last okay reason.
0: i wonder if they're going to be able to get like sam jackson and some of these other guys to just do real quick appearance or like voiceovers or something
2: uh sweeps week i guarantee you'll see sam jackson on yeah he, said he wanted yeah. to yeah so. he did Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's in everything else. So could why be not a just
4: hologram. He could, you know, he could be talking over a monitor or something. But, yeah, it would be awesome to see him.
0: Right. I don't know. Did you guys want to say anything else about this? Or do you guys just want to con-
2: continue to talk about it each week that it comes out? Yeah, let's keep talking about it. Can't wait for the S.H.I.E.L.D. the musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> Are you being serious right now? A little bit of both. <laughs> wow! Yeah, um, I think
4: it's worth talking about. You know, as it as it airs, we should definitely follow it. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially if there's uh, things that we definitely need to point out to keep everybody up to date, just in case they missed it. Because, I mean, I don't know. This is just
2: it'll be it'll be cool to see if the, if a lot of this crosses over into the films. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. each week and new Marvel movie news might be one and the same at this point. Yes. Like, you know, when we watch the next Avengers movie, there might
0: be some of us out in the audience that are like, oh, my gosh, did you, I just did you catch that? That's from the S.H.I.E.L.D. show.
2: Right. Oh, they just showed Lola fly by. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Or you might see like a quick cameo from one of those S.H.I.E.L.D. characters like on a helicarrier as it's yeah. as, as it's going down, I'm sure. But.
4: Um, they all well, yeah, and we also have the first hint of like a major villain coming for episode three, mm-hmm. so that ought to be interesting too. Yep. Um, I won't spoil that, but um, that sounds pretty cool. I like that character, and I hope they're doing it. And and Josh Whedon said he does expect this to get more epic in scope, and that's going to be the big challenge for the show. Is uh, make it more of it more than just a TV
2: show. D- you know.
0: Did you guys get to watch it in high def?
2: I did.
4: I did M- not.
0: My uh, stinking. Uh, connection was like messed up it, it's working now and I, o- I only got to watch it in standard definition and I heard that in high def the special effects looked really really good they didn't look so good in standard definition so yeah, the
2: special effects did look
0: really good good I thought. good good because they looked they looked really really bad in standard definition I was like man this this is really hurting my viewing experience because I'm not seeing what I should be seeing
4: Right. Yeah, I, some of the set pieces, I think, definitely benefit from high def.
2: Right. Um, really quickly, I thought that fight sequence with – is it Watt? Is that his name?
4: Uh, Ward. Ward Agent, Ward.
2: Agent Ward. The fight sequence at the beginning was one of the best television-filmed fight sequences yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. With the guy getting hit against the stove drawer and the, yeah. the glass pitcher and just – real physical fighting scene you get to see
0: that every week in arrow though i'll be honest with you really arrow you get to see that kind of stuff every week but you're right that was i'm not trying to take anything away from that scene but i think marvel kind of like we're gonna mix a little bit of the fun uh marvel element with the show but also add a little bit of those cool scenes that everybody likes from arrow with the fighting the choreography and stuff so that was really cool
2: i did like that scene that was pretty awesome and, you know, Whedon has a background in that, too. I mean, the fights in the Buffy shows were always very well done, too.
4: Oh, yeah, they were, yeah. Melinda May's fight scene was really cool, where she was just being a badass, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good choreography. Coming from a, somebody who does fight, it was very cool.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for next episode, so I've already got—I've I've, I've put it on a season pass on my on my DVR. I have, too. Um, all right, I think we'll what we'll do is take another break, come back. Me and Jay are going to talk about prisoners, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Cool. All right, cool. I'm going to
2: catch you later, guys.
0: Right, yeah, Jake's going to be taking off. So, Jake, we'll see you Sunday. All right, all see right, you, man. Army. Jeez. <laughs> 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 Fucking Army. Army of one, Jake Elliott. <laughs>
2: oh, and Jacob Harmon. And Private Alexis. <laughs> Jacob
5: Jacob Harmon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is Jacob, Har- Jacob Harmon a- an honest to god fan? None of us know that guy, dude. I don't know him. Awesome. I-, I have awesome. no idea who. He
0: yeah, was. he's like your fan, dude. Like he left uh, an iTunes review for you.
2: Oh, he, he even cool. said I he saw even that. yeah he
0: mentioned you in the iTunes review.
4: Yeah,
2: I saw that. that he's was like funny.
0: he's like I think we share Wonder Twin powers or something.
4: He's gonna cut himself that you didn't know who he was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't cut yourself, Jacob.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I had to bring him up on the show. You're like, who's my fan?
4: <laughs>
0: uh, oh.
4: I don't have a fan. I don't either.
0: I don't even have. Yeah, I don't have any fans.
4: Yeah, no one's like sticking up for my ass. Well, yeah. yeah,
0: Brian's great because we share the same name. Or, yeah, yeah, hello, yeah.
4: Brian. My name's Brian. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. People. G- people can g- get right, a fuck about me. You
2: watch Survivor and go to bed. All right, man. Later. Later. Later.
0: All right, we're back. We're going to talk about uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, and Terrence Howard, for that matter, in the Prisoners. Yes. Um, Jay, we both saw this movie. Was it? So I saw it Sunday. You saw it Sunday too.
4: Yeah, I also saw it Sunday. Yeah, uh,
0: me and my buddy Jared, we went to a very small theater here in Decatur. It's kind of uh it's kind of a, like one of those historic, uh, you know, theaters. It's got that old time feel. And that's where I like to go see movies like this. I don't have to go to, like, a big, like, uh, IMAX theater or something that has, like, an amazing Dolby surround or THX or anything like that, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went, we went there and we saw the movie. And I have to say, I, I absolutely, absolutely love this movie. Um, I give it a Tupperware. Probably the best movie I've seen all year. Well. Um, I mean that, and I mean that goes above and beyond like what I saw from uh, you know even Man of Steel and and some of the other movies that came out this summer. I mean, um, I think this is the best, most compelling movie I've seen all year. Uh, this is the best performance I've ever seen Jake Gyllenhaal in. Mm. Um, he was totally uh, his be- best performance yet. I- I've never seen anything there was nothing jake gyllenhaal about the performance he's got he's he's taken leaps and strides in his acting ability i mean uh right down to those nervous facial tics that he had as detective loki
3: yeah
0: in this film um and uh terrence howard was really good in this movie uh Mm -hmm. hugh jackman was perfect for this role uh such an emotional guy and uh, he, he can go from, like, zero to 60 in seconds, you know. <laughs> uh, his, his, his uh, gosh, he's, he's so good. But still, even with, you know, Terrence Howard, who I think is fantastic, and Hugh Jackman, who I think is fantastic, Jake Gyllenhaal just stole this movie. And if he's not nominated for something, mm-hmm. it's, it's a travesty because he was so fantastic.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the, I agree with you like it it was kind of a relief to not have to go see a, a you know like a 3D IMAX film. Yeah. So, something that I could just chill out and, and watch just a you know your normal kind of movie um and I, you know, I'm not a big fan of like thrillers and stuff. And especially when I heard this was kind of dealing with child kidnapping, like that shit pisses me off to no end. So I was right. like, I don't even know if I can sit through this cause I would get, you know, I get mad. I get really upset about that stuff. That
0: stuff, I mean, like sticks with you even when like, do you remember like watching anything when you were a kid, movies about that kind of stuff when you were yeah. a kid and it just made you scared to go outside?
4: Oh yeah. I remember yeah.
0: there was a TV movie called, I know my first name is Steven. Right. I don't know if you ever watched that as a kid, but this... Um, it stars uh, Arliss Howard, and he's a kidnapper, and he takes this little. It's based on a true story, yeah. And he takes this kid, and for years raises him as his son, and abuses him, and you know the kid smokes cigarettes at an early age, and gets into sexual encounters at an early age, and he was just totally verbally and, and uh, physically abused by this man for years, and yeah, and um, you know it's one, of, it, it is very sensitive, and it's 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 one of those things that movie stuck with me all these years. Oh, yeah. And um, people that can do that are the true face of evil.
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you don't get much worse than that. I don't no, think.
0: you don't. No, you don't. But, There's a special hey. place in hell for those people.
4: Yeah, exactly. A lot of those people can't be rehabilitated. I mean, it's just nothing that's going to change about them. Right. Like, Uh, it's one of those cases where i'm like just you know kill those guys you know if they ever get caught you know just just kill them yeah which usually happens in prison which you know exactly (laughs) exactly but yeah it was one of those things where i was like i don't know if i want to watch this because it does really bother me when i hear stories about that stuff um but that being said um it was the best also i i agree it was the best movie i saw all year um One of the best drama slash thrillers I've ever seen. I would put it up there with like seven. In fact, it kind of had a a feel.
0: That's in my notes. Is it? Okay. Yes, I put here. Not since seven have I have I been so invested in a mystery thriller.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's got wow. it captures the darkness of like seven without all the kind of grisly yes. violence. You know, the, the, it does have some kind of disturbing scenes, but it's not it's not something where you're just like really bothered by it. It, it really plays to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, none of it's gratuitous. Like it, it has its point. Um, but that stuff's very seven. Like um there's a lot of rundown buildings and stuff you're dealing with the, the the attention to the scenery like it's filmed in pennsylvania like a suburb right um so it really feels like some of the stuff we experience around here like during the fall like early winter and it really showed that really well like you're like this yeah. looks like my fucking neighborhood yes it does <laughs> Yeah,
0: totally agree yeah you know yep
4: and like even when um uh the, the the things I liked about it a lot were was how subtle that stuff was. Uh, Did you
0: notice? Yes. Did you notice when um, the point in time where I think where the girls first were abducted? There's that still shot of the trees, and then they zoom in. Yeah. And that was just kind of like I think that was just kind of like them saying like something just happened. Right. That's the moment where it happened, and yeah, it was very a subtle. Thing like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
4: It was a very visual movie, and he's just using basic scenery, which I think is great. Um, One of the cinematographers that worked with the Cohen brothers worked on this with him. Oh, wow. um, um, Just super attention to detail when you see, like, you know, the RV pull up in the neighborhood and it's just Mm -hmm. covered in dirt and shit. And, you know, they're playing, like, Christian music inside. You're just like, oh, Mm -hmm. my God, what is going to happen here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, it's basically, um, uh, and, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Christ he is going he's what makes this movie for me it's it makes it kind of a cult classic for me because it's not it's not the type of movie where you're like oh i'm going to watch that again and again about child abduction right but it's it's how well he is in this movie um just fucking superb and Hugh yeah. Jackman i think it was his best performance i've ever seen him in um total emotional roller coaster with him and his character, and like as the father of one of these girls, you know, what would you do? What links would you go to? You know, mm-hmm. what would your what? Would, you know, and then Terrence Howard as the other father of a girl that's been abducted. Yeah, uh, you know, what does he do? It, it plays with so many different levels of morality. Um, there's de- there's definite religion undertones, like you know what 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 is right and wrong, and how people see religion. There's a lot of fucked up things going on with that
0: there's uh the you can see like uh, marriage too like um yeah. how yeah. strong the marriages were between uh the two couples uh one was actually not as strong as you'd hope it would be, Absolutely. Uh, and it fell apart, and the other one just i believe uh you know the other marriage just got stronger
4: yeah the bond exactly. just got
0: stronger and so you saw that as well hey jared you you watched this movie too my buddy jared from Florida's in town you watched this movie i want to know what you thought what was your rating
1: i give it a type of word um having two dollars of my own going watching that movie you know and being in that situation you don't know what
0: exactly what you would do but were you thinking like during the movie like what if this was me what Would would I do any of these things? Could you relate I mean, to any of the
1: things that he it, was doing? It goes through your mind, but, you know, it, it definitely keeps you on the edge of your seat knowing and thinking what you could do, what could happen and stuff like that, but it definitely, it, Hugh Jackman definitely played a good part in that, where he could just, he went from being calm and cool to just doing what he did to, you know, certain people, and it uh it definitely was a good movie
0: yeah he, it's hugh jackman he did make you feel like that he gave you that sense of urgency like we have to do something now yeah you know well,
4: especially it, after his wife was like <laughs> yes. he was kind of fucked up um she was like i thought you were going to protect us when i married you you said we'd be safe and oh, of course yeah. you know Hugh jackman's a prepper yeah um he's got all kinds of survival gear and he's mm-hmm. kind of a survivalist kind of guy um so that, that kind of shows that weird kind of fucked up family dynamic that was going on on his end. God, there was just so many levels to it. And Loki's character was kind of almost this you, – you had, you had like this war of God that kept coming up, this war with God. Um, and I'm not going to say why that's happening. But the, the religious undertone uh, between kind of the bad people and the good people and like which is which. And then you have Loki who's kind of this humanist – kind of portrayal of a person right um just kind of your normal dude that's kind of been through some shit and he almost he almost comes out angelic in this movie in a way i I couldn't really explain that Mm -hmm. um but even some of his tattoos was angelic writing um he has a lot of weird tattoos and people will see this and kind of try and pick that apart i thought that was pretty interesting um so yeah his character's so he's on the outside but he's on the inside and kind of towards the end you kind of see how he's like almost the main focal point of this movie um but god there's so much going on with every single person in this movie that you're just yeah like i I think i was literally just gate mouth wide open the whole movie yeah because right? i was just so intrigued by every single person and you want another story even the bad guys you want to know
0: mm-hmm.
4: why are they this way because they really make you want to question that right why do people do what they do you know yep
0: yeah it's uh man this movie on so many levels just makes you think and and uh it it is one of those movies that uh, you don't want to sit there and watch over and over again because there are some things that you just don't want to see and and think about but but uh, it is one of those movies that i do think deserves a second viewing when you can once you've seen it once you can kind of like watch it again and put it everything together and it'll it'll make more sense but um man, this was so good. Just so good. It's a lot
4: like Seven in that way, too, to where like after you watch it, you start piecing things together about what you saw because you're so tied up on some of the big things that you miss the small little Mm -hmm. undertones.
0: I I saw Seven in the theater, just like this movie, and I remember leaving the theater mind-blown seeing Seven, and I had that same feeling from this movie, like mind was blown. Like I had seen something that has never been done before on film in my yeah. opinion. You know, it was yeah. groundbreaking. So, Ooh. yeah, just when you think everything's been done, it hasn't and uh there are some surprise performances out there and just story elements that come together just 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 beautifully in such a tragic movie.
4: Yeah, exactly. That was so hard to pull that off. Absolutely. And you've got you the the guy that did this um uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. He's a French Canadian filmmaker. He's not even from the states. But this was such an American film. Oh yeah. Yeah. Such an. I mean, I know this happens all over the world, but this was centered around an American American family. an American suburb. Um, Right. God, just just my favorite scene, and it's just so little. It's just when Hugh Jackman gets out of his truck at the at the liquor store yes Um, yes jake gyllenhaal's kind of following him and then a truck pulls up behind you Mm -hmm. that whole scene like it's not a big deal but god that you know you're just like this is exactly what i expect these characters to be doing like if this was a real situation and it was filmed so fucking well like you you get up in these characters faces what are you doing here and that's i thought i'd get out of my car and get a drink i haven't drank for six years but but
0: anything could have happened in that scene it's not like we knew that that was going to happen no, you had no idea. You had no idea from scene to scene to scene. It's like real life. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen, and you know what? The movie's so good, you don't sit there and try to like guess at everything.
4: No, no, and, it's and, not and, like a mystery where you're like, I need to figure this out. Right. It's not like
0: that. Yeah. It, it's all yeah, exactly. You, it just each scene plays itself out, and you don't know what's going to happen, and that's no. the best <laughs> part of this. Jared, did you have something else you wanted to say?
1: I think really what got the movie going was when Alex, the guy that played Alex in the movie, really when he started walking that dog. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. Jacqueline was watching him. I think that's what really got the movie going and got you chills going down your body. Like yes. okay, this is what this is what this guy's actually like. You're
0: right. You know, yeah, I totally I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. Um you know, you have different people in this movie that you think could be, you know, um, the abductor and uh, the character of Alex that you've seen in the trailer. He's the the weird – he's got the greasy hair and the glasses and, yeah. and uh, you know, um, in that movie he does some things that are – kind of like uh character traits of somebody that you would think as a as a child kidnapper abductor and things like that and you see him do these things and and it just like gives you chills it gives you chills down your spine watching it because you're oh my gosh yeah just thinking of that scene and different scenes in this are just oh my gosh
4: it It's so many times where uh-huh. it's like who's the abductor
0: yeah, exactly Who,
4: who's the bad guy
1: right <laughs>
0: right, well, and then you think to yourself, like you know um Hugh Jackman is he the bad guy now Is he the bad guy right exactly yeah, yeah.
1: well, especially when he the the lady took the bag off his face and yeah you've seen yeah. And
0: you're like, wow. Yeah. 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 We don't want to give away too many yeah. spoilers, but yeah, because we want everybody to go see this movie and just be shocked as we are. We don't want you to, we don't want that to take away, but they're, wow. Yeah. This movie is a big wow. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's something that I, I think, I, I think, um, I, I think I'll probably Redbox it again. If my girlfriend doesn't watch it in theaters, I didn't get to see it with her, but if she doesn't watch it in theaters, I think it'll be something that we'll watch on Redbox. Right. Because I think I do need to get a second viewing of it, but it's—I don't think it's anything I'd, I'd want to own and, and no. <laughs> pull, pull, pull out, you know, every few months to watch. It's not like it's Back to the Future or something,
4: but, no.
5: <laughs>
0: but uh, fantastic performances all around from this cast. Is there anything you wanted to say about it to sum it up, Jay? Or.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of I've been reading some reviews that are just like marking this off as torture porn. Like, I would never go see a movie that's torture porn. It's not torture oh, no. porn.
0: Absolutely, it's not. so
4: much more than that. And Jake Gyllenhaal will fucking blow your mind in this. You will fall in love with him all over. Like, I just absolutely loved him in this. His yeah, chart, so good.
0: He is so good, man. Um, he was and so he's good. just
4: one small part of this great movie. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a all. lot of different pieces that came together in this movie, and it worked. And uh, it, it it got pulled off. For such a tragic movie, they pulled it off. Yeah. Uh, fantastic performances all around from everybody in the cast. and uh, it, It's still in theaters now. It, prisoners, definitely check it out. This is a Tupperware all the way in my book. Yes, Tupperware. And uh, we were just talking. Um, I think next week um, we're going to do, finally, we're going to do Meet the Leftovers.
5: <laughs> yeah, finally. So, <laughs> finally,
0: we'll do uh uh we'll do uh, some news probably and then meet the leftovers. And uh, then the week after we will probably do a gravity review.
3: Yeah, we'll yeah, do that for sure. I think
0: we'll do a gravity review after that. But uh hey Jared, it's been great having you in town. It's been cool having you on the show tonight. I
1: appreciate yes, it, sir. thank you very much.
0: Yep. All right, and uh, we'll get, Hey, we'll see you guys uh, sooner this week because this episode's going to go up Thursday. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll be back with another episode. It should be up on Monday. Yeah. So, all right, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. All right, bye.
4: Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you.
3: There's already like 7 million Picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It,
2: it, it's a trap.
3: Good it to toss it, good to taste it, Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let breaks the Tupperware wear party the subculture spill over Like a vulture carry over Culture pushed over top. Culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers yeah. pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing. That is <laughs> hot culture leftovers. Toss it, grin and taste it. do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't race it, let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture culture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counter culture, over Pop culture, left And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said? Left pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture, left over It, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover counterculture push over pop culture leftovers. I mean, uncool kids, what's to say is already been said. I feel sure. only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.
0: I'm recording right. What the fuck? I'm now four of them pop up. Are you kidding me? (laughs) God damn it, piece of shit. Yeah, four of them pop up at once. That's good.
2: Okay, so we're recording, so...
4: Check, baby.
2: Check, baby, check, baby. One, two, three.
4: How many times a day do you check it?
2: All right, so let me stop. We're going to replay...